politics Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics Adam's up Welcome to Potoms Up. Fred and Blotto discuss the politics of today, the culture of our lives, and the beer of our state. Holy hell, 53, Potoms Up. Hike! (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't think of anything else. Hey everybody, welcome back to I was about ready to run a route. (laughs) (laughs) Called an audible at the line. Yeah, like I was going to go run a route. (laughs) (laughs) Never happened, never happened. Welcome back. Good to see you. You all looking great tonight. So are you. So are we. Although, you know, we we got the long faces today, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Not a great day for democracy. No, it really wasn't. uh, Kind of a square one in the nutsack tonight. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Thanks, turtle. <laughs> turtle. Well, how are you doing, though, in uh, general terms? Personally, of course, I'm doing terrific. That's good. That's what we expect and we require in the one-shot studio. Nobs, you? Yeah, I'm doing good. It's Friday. Survive the week. I'm here with friends, here with beer. Wow. It's a good night. Here with beer. It's a win-win. Let's get to it. Pitter-patter. Let's get at her. <laughs> yeah, I have a beer. I have a beer. Yeah. All right. Well, I got some beers for you if you want a beer. So Blotto, kicking off with a great one. We'll let him uh, describe it for you. Take it away. Sure. Uh, some friends uh, and myself and Pop-Tart were down at Eastern Market on uh, was Saturday night, I believe, last Saturday night. Um, went to the Eastern Market Brewery, had a really fun time there. Um, for those that are local, if you haven't been down there, uh, I recommend it. It's a very casual, um, probably microbrewery, maybe nanobrewery, whatever it is, you know. Uh, and, and recently, they, they've been in the news. Um, Michigan uh, looks like they're on the verge of passing a law that's going to double the amount of beer that a microbrewery can produce and still self-distribute. So it used to be a thousand, um, a thousand kegs, not a thousand barrels, a thousand kegs, I believe. And if you went beyond that, then you had to go through a distributor. This is all lobbyist political bullshit, you know. And um, compared to other states, uh, I think the average is like ten thousand kegs Hmm. uh, and you can still self-distribute some states are as much as 30,000 and Eastern Market Brewery has been the forefront of trying to get them to increase that number in Michigan they've been they've been working hard um, to get that up to well they're they're not getting as high as they want they wanted 10,000 looks like they're gonna settle for 2,000 because they were right at the cusp of of, of a thousand, mm-hmm. but still want to do their own self distribution. Right, right. Uh, but that's not why we went there. So, anyway, um, yeah, they had a lot of uh, great beer choices uh, uh, on tap, and then uh, they can it right there. 
Um, they had some pre-canned, so I didn't watch them can this necessarily. But I did have this particular selection, so it's not super new to me. Um, um, and I had two of them. So I can tell you already this is in the for me category. Was it on tap at the time? or anything? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I suppose it could be a little different out of different. the can. Uh, it is their white coffee stout. Um, I, I don't think they had a name for it. I'm not really sure that they name a lot of their beers. Uh, I think many of them are just what they are. Hmm. But I'm, I'm not positive about that. Could, we could look on their site. Um, it's a 6.8. ABV. Yay! And um, as we're opening them, uh, you know, it's the 16-ounce uh, can, but it has the wide mouth opening, so it is certainly meant to be poured into a pint glass, right? You wouldn't want to... I got the bouquet off it from this distance. <clears throat> it picked it up. But... So what... <clears throat> they didn't have a, a dark stout on tap there that night, so I decided to try the white stout... Um, one of the things I'll ask you guys to do, you already seen that it's it's yellow in color, like a, a you know, but try and close your eyes and try tasting it to see if it tastes and has mouthfeel like a stout, and then it's just a different color. You know what I mean? Kind of try and try and fool yourself. I tried to do it in the brewery. It's really hard to do that when it, you know the color. It smells like a stout. You know, I almost wanted to blindfold you guys, <laughs> but I don't think you'd trust me. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, beforehand and say, you know, guess what color this beer is or guess what type of beer this is. But anyway. Can I ask you a question about the effluent? Is this their logo? It is, is this on all their cans? Yes. So the, the elephant is their logo, and we didn't ask any of the uh, uh, proprietors there why the elephant for Eastern Market Brewery. Um, uh, someone in the group knew a little bit about the owners, um, four college kids that were making beer. Um, they got separated in their different jobs, uh, two in Chicago, one in Arizona or something like this. And in order to still stay together, they decided to continue making beer, and they picked Detroit as the place to, to do it. And I think one, one person or maybe two of the group moved back here, and then the other um, non-operating partners are still around the country or something like that. So college kids, um, guys now, guys, you know, whatever, <clears throat> guys, men, I don't know. Men, men, uh, men, men. Uh, yeah, I had a couple of these, and I, I thought they were pretty good. And I thought, you know, I gotta, I gotta share this with the team and get their input. Well, I, I definitely taste the coffee, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Like I say, it's got a great bouquet. I, I didn't even have the <clears throat> the pint glass that close to my face, and I, I could got a couple of notes, the coffee, and yeah, it's nice. For me, uh, one of the things, it it wasn't really, I don't think it's too heavy. I mean, like I said, I drank two of them while I was there, plus I, I had a, a wheat beer as well that I tried. Um, so obviously... You know, I didn't feel like it was one and done either, you know, because I didn't like it or because they're too heavy. So I, I thought it was a pretty drinkable stout. This kicks you in the face with coffee flavor. 
Does it? Yes. Does it? <laughs> Mr. No Coffee. That is a yeah. lot of coffee. <laughs> That's what I like about it. That's yeah. comforting to me. Mm-hmm. You know, crack these open in the morning and well, have okay. one of your coffee. All right. Uh, now, um, one thing. Yeah, go ahead. It looks like a lager or an ale. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It looks more like your yingling that you had pregame than yeah. a stout. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. One, one of the things I do notice, I, 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 I can't taste test them side by side right now, but uh, the color... Or the uh, the density, whatever. This seems a, a slightly more clear than the haziness of the of the tap version. Mm-hmm. And then also there was a settling in the tap version as well. So at the bottom of our pints, there was something. I noticed and, there was some stuff in my can. Well, I'm looking. Yeah, okay, I do see it now. Yeah, I do see a little bit down there, but not as much. There was, I mean, in one pint poured right out of the tap. By the time you were done drinking. Uh, there was quite a bit down there. Is that uh, ground-up coffee beans? <laughs> <laughs> Some grounds. Yeah. <laughs> we had a blast. We we played. Um, um, uh, what's that going? Cards for humanity. Oh yeah, cards, cards of ag- humanity against. Cards against humanity. That's what it is. Duh. That's a fun game. Uh, they have like a whole. You know, they got the whole game. They got board, board games. Yeah. So we we did that. We had a good time. The game's raunchy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We've sure. played it many a times. I've only played it, I think, mm-hmm. one other time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and then uh, the Dill was with us, and he said that he had heard this was a dirty game. Oh. And we said, no, no, no. Was <laughs> <laughs> he offended? Uh, he was uncomfortable sometimes, you know. Such a deal. Uh, I mean... You know, he, he did start to figure things out, though. Like, you know, if it was uh, Pop-Tart's turn and you hand her a card that has the word penis on it, she's picking you. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it was pretty pretty fun. When's the last time you saw a Big Mouth tab like that? Was it one other time. Liquor? Was that- I've seen a can like this one other time, and I don't recall where. It's not the first time I've seen this can. I've never seen that on a... You didn't You didn't rip yours all the way off. Yeah, I did. Oh, I see. I see. Okay, you just set it up there. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so far, so good. I, I'm leaning towards for me. Hey, this came up. Uh, I was talking with somebody about our beer choices, and uh, he listens to our podcast, and I, I don't know, sometimes I don't know where he's coming from but we were talking about you know sometimes we take ownership into the beers we bring yes the ego thing the bias and but it occurred to me i said because we were talking about the cost of of craft beers and you know i told him that i spent 25 bucks on those the griffin the griffin claws and Better you than me, brother. <laughs> uh, but I was saying, you know, I, I don't think price plays into that bias at all. I don't, th- I don't think in beer, the amount you pay for a beer, whether it's in the store or on tap, is going to influence whether you like it or not. I think I sort of agree. 
Yeah. I would agree. You like what you like. Yeah. I mean, you know, whether whether it's a five dollar pint or an eight dollar pint, you're not gonna say, I like this because I paid eight bucks for it. Or I like yeah. this can because I paid, you know, six bucks for it. No, there are some that I really enjoy that are expensive, but I will rarely buy them because of the expense. Right. Like, no, that that, yeah. that that comes in. Like a lot of dragon mead. It's yeah. Fairly but I have done the opposite. Yeah. You mean I paid twelve bucks for this piss? <laughs> This warm piss. <laughs> That's uh, happened. <laughs> and as a, as a matter of fact, along mm. with what you, you said there, Nobs, is the uh, the other beer that I, I brought tonight. Um, you know, I, I had twenty invested in in these, and uh, they were I don't know why we're going here, but two dollars less to go than if you had them in the store, in in the in the brewery. So twenty. Divided by four is uh, five uh, bucks. So there's seven, seven on tap and five. Five um, to go. Five to go. Um, but I had twenty dollars invested in this, and so when I went to go pick out the other beers, I thought, boy, this is a this this is a nice one here. But you know what? It's nineteen bucks for a four pack. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna get this one over here for twelve. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, am I splitting hairs between spending thirty-two dollars on beer? Oh, good! Nice surprise. It said twelve ninety nine on the four pack, but when I got there and checked out, nine ninety nine. Oh, oh. or less because it was less than ten bucks. So tip or you yes. know, and and uh, what do we got here? Deposit. Yeah. So it must have been eight ninety nine. Nice. Yeah. So I kind of felt like I got away with one. <laughs> <laughs> you fooled them. Well, you know, I didn't spin it around and say it's twelve ninety nine, <laughs> but he scanned it. So oh, hey, well, that's, that's right. Correct, then. So the, the sticker was the sticker's wrong, old. Yeah. But it's not very often you're going to get a four-pack of craft beer for $8.99. No. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't happen. So, you yes. know. Especially because the four-packs are usually tall boys. Yeah. So, you, you, yeah, you're usually good for at least 12 bucks. Minimum, right. Something like that. Right. I really like it. This is pretty tasty. Mm. Good. <laughs> Poor Knox. Man, somebody does. <laughs> you, you know, I was thinking, does, is Knox one of those guys that doesn't like coffee? I think I think I remember him not liking coffee. I said it multiple times on the but, show. But honestly, I, it was the only beer that they had on tap that I thought that I wanted to bring yeah. to the server. That's you fine. Know? And I three of us drank it that night. So validation, too. <clears throat> if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Fred? Okay, so... Uh, We're going to dive right in now, huh? Yeah, I wish we could talk more about beer, but at some point we have to progress forward and, and take it like a man. It's therapy for us. <laughs> yeah. Waiting for the 6.8 to kick in. <laughs> so just a little while ago they had the vote that turned down witnesses. Yep. Uh, Which is the kiss of death, so. But we're not surprised. We're just... Disappointed. We're just disappointed, and there's that little tinge of hope, right? That, you know, it, it like, like even still, there's like that little tinge of hope that he won't be acquitted, right? Like somebody would find it. I'm, you know, that, 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 that molecule is, you know, lady, that molecule of hope is laid against... You know, mountains of 
intelligence and, yeah. and reality, right? So, you know, it's 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 not weighted 50-50, but um, so I don't think we're really surprised by uh, what the Republicans and, and, and McConnell did. Um, I, one of the things that bothered me about this whole process, and, and, and I did see some others talking about it, was why are we picking on these four or five senators on the, on the Republican side? Just why aren't we in the face of the other 47, 49, or whatever that is, right? It's like, because there's 53 in total, correct? So, correct. So why, <clears throat> you know... Yeah, the, because they're the most obvious to be swayed. But but because of I, but I feel like some of that energy. Yeah, but I, I feel like some of that energy is um, is kind of wasted on them. Not because they may not flip, but it just it just gives a pass for all those other d bags to continue to go along. You know, they don't have the microphones in their face asking. You know the the tough questions because sure they're going to get reelected in their very red states or you know whatever, but they got to go through some grief, and 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 that part has bothered me um, from the media side of of, of this is um, you know this 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 focus on those four and really for the most part it was three then Lamar Alexander kind of you know became a fourth. And then there's the guy from Colorado, Terry Gardner. Yep. Is it first name Terry? I don't know his first name. Sounded Gard- right. Gardner is the right name. So- sounded right. <clears throat> um, you know, but he quickly, he, he went out early and said no witnesses. Um, but I, I just don't like how the other ones, you know, get a pass. I just, you know, the, the, there was the popular ones uh, that sometimes had to stand in front of a microphone, the Ted Cruz's of the world. But that's because they're media hounds, um, you know. And he fumbled with his answers too, in my opinion. So I, I, you know, put some of the ones up there that aren't as polished, and 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 you know, have them try and justify how this happens without witnesses, and 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 make them just look terrible, because it it doesn't make them just look. Sure, okay, they may look terrible in front of their Louisiana constituents or whatever, right? Who don't care. But they also look terrible across the country, and and hopefully this just chips away at you know the whole notion that we can we can um, accept or uh, you know come to terms with with any Republicans being elected. Just chip away at that on, in, on every level. You know, actually, what I was thinking was going to happen when this vote came up is is. I really thought that there would be enough to go in favor of uh, witnesses, but when it came to the uh, the acquittal vote, I, I, I my thinking was is they were doing it just to get some breathing air, some air. You know what I'm saying? Give themselves some space. They'd vote for the witnesses. But the end, the end result would be the same, full, see, full blown acquittal, see, and then they could just say, "Well, at least I voted 
to, to hear the witnesses. I wanted to hear the facts, blah, blah, but, blah, but, blah. But, but, but then go ahead and acquit anyways okay. because that's what they were going to do as a pack mentality. There, there's no way. There's there's no way they could have done that. I mean, when, when, when you really think about it, and again, like I said, I, I'm not saying that I didn't have, you know, uh, th- those fleeting moments of, of hope myself, but when you really think about it, it was never going to happen. And part of the reason it was never going to happen was the box they painted themselves in with this Biden bullshit. Because they were never going to call the Bidens as a witness. They could have at any time because they had the votes. Right, but they never were, right? So if they open up the witnesses, now all of a sudden you got the Trumpsters and the Breitbartians saying, Biden, 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 right? And they're not going to do that because, uh, again, you know, we can talk about are these guys really idiots or are they really just power-hungry sycophants, right? I mean, it's, it's, I, I think most of them really know what's going on and they're not completely sold into the conspiracy theories, right? There are some that are. I believe that too. You know, the Devin Nunez's of the world. I, I, that guy's out to lunch, right? I mean, oh, he, he's a representative, but, you know. So I think that that they had to avoid witnesses because they're not going to bring the Bidens in. And so then, you know, their whole base just, just freaks out on them, you know. And, yeah, then the obvious part, but I, that to me was the, the main reason. The obvious part is... You know, it just makes it harder for them to acquit. I mean, you did see some rounding of that already with, you know, Lamar Alexander. You know, he's guilty. It's bad. We're not throwing him out of office. And um, that's the Dershowitz thinking. Yeah, he wasn't quite with Dershowitz either, though. He he didn't he didn't say that it wasn't um, constitutionally impeachable. In, uh, not. He didn't say it wasn't within the guidelines of the Constitution as being not impeachable. Might be too many negatives there. But but what he was saying, he, he just said it didn't rise to the level of impeachment. He just didn't think it was a reason to throw somebody out of office. Dershowitz's crazy arguments were, it it's it's not even the kind of thing that you would investigate. Like, like it's just okay. Well, basically what he said is that if the president believed... Well, that's, that's what he said during the question and answers. Him getting reelected was in the best interest of the country, then it couldn't be impeachable, which was psycho babble. Oh, my God. It's it's despicable is what it is. I mean, that, that um, you, you know, any president could do anything they want and just say, you know, that's what it's. I'm doing it to get reelected. And he could find... You know, well, then some he, deplorable in some basket that says, yeah, I wanted him to do that, right? I mean, it's it, it's so it's that, a complete nonsense ar- argument. That gives the president's freedom to do anything he wants short of a criminal act, according to Dershowitz. Right. I mean, right. there's no boundaries on the immorality of it, not necessarily illegal, but the immorality of whatever they want to do. Unethical. Yeah, unethical. I, I mean... When you get into the criminal part of it, it's really hard for me to think of criminal acts then that rise to the level of impeachment that are plausible, right? Like, you know, 
killing somebody, you know. Now, now maybe if he was, and you know, this is certainly, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of Trump, right, to have somebody taken out. Like, now when I said that about twenty shows ago, <laughs> that's never good. You're being ridiculous. Blah, blah, blah. You, you reamed me when I suggested that. Well, take because, it back or apologize. One of the two. Okay, I'm sorry. Thank you. But. I'm just stating it now in a hyperbolic sense. But anyway, I, I, I'm just saying, uh, I, I just think that, that, you know, what kind of criminality would it take, you know, to, to, if, if that's the only bar, uh, and still be political? See, it's a, impeachment is a political act. So you only have to do things that are bad politically. Right. Yeah. That are unbecoming of the office or violate your oath. Or, yeah. And, and as the constitutional expert said, bribery and treason weren't even federal offenses at the time. There wasn't criminal statute for them. So even if a, a president committed bribery or, or, well, treason, but let's set that aside. Even if the, the president committed bribery back in, you know, the, the 19th century or whatever he still wasn't breaking a criminal code. So it, it still comes down as a, as a political tool. Um, you know, it, it, just, it just shouldn't be this hard to remove a president. Yeah. It gets back to your argument about the high bar for the president, low bar for impeachment. We need to find a way to... This to be on a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> We need to figure a way to get that that message up to the top. We need a logo. <laughs> On a glass. <laughs> you know, getting back to the Lamar Alexander thing. Yeah. That business of, yeah, he did it, he's guilty, so what? Mm-hmm. It, it, that's it, the argument. Not, not that it's not right, right. so what? But that's it, right? The so what argument. If you think about it, that would have been the best path the Republicans could have taken from the start to yes. defend him. But because they let dumbass, dear leader, run things, yep. he would not allow them to imply that he had done anything wrong, that it wasn't a perfect call. So they have to go through these gyrations and gymnastics. Pretzel and logic. Pre- pretzel logic. They, they showed something the other day on the uh. TV where... There was 27 different defenses they had used <laughs> in their opening arguments. They listed all these different things, and, and it's like... Including the low unemployment. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> join us, join us, join us. Did you see that guy? Oh, my gosh, I almost flipped the lid. Anyways, uh, can, can you explain that part to me? Because I missed it, too. I saw you mention it. I, I, I missed it, too. I don't know what this, he's talking about. I, I, I didn't even recognize the lawyer because it wasn't the, the usual. It wasn't Dershowitz. It wasn't... Um, Cipollone, Cipollone and uh, uh, Spicoli. The, the guy <laughs> they've been sending up there for the most part. But I didn't recognize the guy. And he gets up there, and he basically went into like a uh, rally speech about unemployment Cipollone, number. What's his name? I <laughs> Suck, suck a lot. Suck, suck a load. Suck a load. Suck a load. Suck a load. <laughs> I, like, I, I like Spicoli better. <laughs> Whatever. But this guy, he went into this rant and he was talking about unemployment numbers and 
Hispanic unemployment numbers, African American, right. Asian, and it, it was it was like dumbass at one of his rallies. It really was, and he's getting all lathered up, uh-huh. and then Sekolo. he goes, "Jay Sekolo. yeah, Jess Sekolo. and <laughs> and this guy's getting all lathered up, you know, and he's going and going, and then he goes, "You know, if you people would stop investigating him, you'd leave him alone. You'd come and join us. Come and join us." Come and join us. You might find things would be better. Oh, my God. Oh, he said it like three times. And it was this creep. He's like got this weird posture. And he's he's like talking to Schiff. And he's got this hands thing out. And, and he's, join us. It was like this bizarre, like bad B-movie sci-fi, yeah. you know, with the cults going on or whatever. That same guy, though, this morning on Morning Joe, I shit you not. Dumbass was here in Warren yesterday, right? And then he went to Iowa for one of his bloodthirsty rallies. Yeah, yeah. They showed Igor, whatever the guy that was doing the join me thing, uh-huh. and Trump. They were going line for line. He, They had lifted Trump's rally points, and they were both doing the same thing. The the, the lawyer in the, in the Senate hearing was using the li- exact lines from Trump's speech in Iowa last night. They, they were showing them side by side. Yeah. They would show dumbass say it, and then they would show that lawyer say it. And it, it was they were like going together through this thing, and it's just like, wow, don't even attempt to hide the fact that you guys are, are coordinating every single move. You know, let, let, let's make this somewhat fair. Isn't that just like brainwashing 101? Yeah. Just repeat the same thing over and over until it gets yep. ingrained in someone's brain as but the even truth. Beyond, yeah. Even beyond brainwashing, even beyond yeah. brainwashing, it just shows you they don't care. They're not even trying to, yeah. to hide the fact that this is this big orchestrated thing between the lawyers and Turtle and presidents and not, not whoever that guy was on their legal defense team. It was amazing watching that. It's like, oh, my God. So, join us. Join us. Show title. <laughs> I don't know. We didn't get it. I don't know anybody else would either. It is. Well, they will now after they listen. <laughs> I, I was trying to find that. <laughs> we want to get them to listen. <laughs> that side by side this morning because I wanted to post it because it was, it was incredible. Uh, so it's out there. Yeah, but but anyways, my point before I got off on that tangent was, they could have saved themselves so much trouble if they could get dear leader to have a little bit of humility and. And think somebody else might have a better idea. <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> it's laughable what you're saying. I know. It's I, laughable. I, I understand. But when you have to have 26 or 28 different defenses in three days' worth of opening statements, and then you hear Lamar Alexander say what he said, I don't agree with it. I think it's a cop-out and it's bullshit. But it, it, they probably would have sailed through this with a lot less contention on their part, you know. If they had just said, yeah, it's wrong, yeah, we don't like that he did it, who cares? It's not a reason the, to The other reason him. that defense or that that posture makes more sense for them, but they're not very bright. Give them an out. Is because number three's guilt is going to continue to look worse as time goes by. 
I mean, Bolton's already come out with stuff. Lev Parnas wants to come out with stuff. There will be documents that are leaked or forced out through FOIA. I mean, there's going to be more that is going to come out about this scandal. And it's going and and so eventually, and I do believe this. This is one thing that um, I guess it's it's watching the political thing as closely as I have over the last couple of years. The truth does seem the reality. I, I hate calling it truth sometimes. The reality of the situation seems to eventually surface over time. Y- you know what I mean? Like. It's like, okay, it's clouded over here because of all the noise that's happening and, you know, us folk that believe that we're looking at it through unvarnished lenses, we, you know, hopefully we're looking at it in in the right light. But regardless of that, it seems like over time, you know, the, the people making up the wild conspiracies about it or jumping hoops to try and make it you know, make sense out of where it's not sense, that stuff fades and the real truth comes out. And I think in, you know, in the future, we'll be looking back at this event and there'll be no question of what Trump's intent was, not just by us who believed it all the time, but even by people that, um, you know, uh, wanted to argue with those facts, you know, and said, well, there was no you know, first-hand account or, you know, some other plausible deniability bullshit, you know, just, it, it will come out. And, and I think that's going to happen, and I think it happens relatively quickly, and I, I think we're going to see that. So the argument of so what makes more sense for them because it's going to come out as obvious as what 75% of the people see it as. And I, and I believe that is... That is really kind of the number. I think more people believe, even a certain amount of Trumpsters know what happened here. And and that's where... But with them, know, it comes back to winning and winning or losing, yeah. not right and wrong. They don't, they don't give a shit. As long as yep. their boy wins, that's yep. all that matters to them. Did, um, so <laughs> I, I think it's going to be... I'm going to jump on that a second here, Fred. But I think that's really... What it, it, it um, what's what's going to happen in the future? I just think oh it's going to make them look worse and worse. It's going to make the Ted Cruz's of the world, you know, just look bad when Bolton's book comes out, or if he goes in front of a camera, or you know, the FOIA documents, or they finish messing around with the subpoena from uh, the uh, Mulvaney's deputy, or wh- whatever. I I don't think the, the Democrats are going to lie down. I think they're. Between the Democrats and the press, I think they're still going to be looking for information. Do you think they'll start hearings? More hearings? I don't think I don't it, know I don't think about it's that. A, I don't think it's a double jeopardy situation. <laughs> I've been wondering about that. Why? Well, I, I, Can you impeach them twice for the same thing? My why? guess is probably not. Here's here's they why. could come up with it. They could come up with a different charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But 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 you know what? See, this is where we we talked about this on the on the ride up tonight. The Democrats do have to think several steps ahead, right? If they wanted to go that route, then they got to think to themselves, okay, the Republicans are going to claim double jeopardy. So how do we get in front of that so they don't have that, right? It's always trying to just sort of like, you know, 
fill the holes in the dike, right? Because you got to know what they're going to poke the hole in, and then you got to fill it almost before they do. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like you know this notion that you know Trump's process wasn't fair. And there's a lot of Trumpsters, whether they believe that Trump was actually abusing his power or not. There's a lot of Trumpsters that believe that the House process was not fair. Because that talking point over and over again, you know, and it resonated, should have the Democrats anticipated that. I mean, there was early signs that they were going to call the process unfair. So how could have they have done things differently or staged their messaging differently to get in front of that? That's where I think sometimes Democrats are kind of weak. They're, they're not anticipating, oh, they're going to do it this way, so we're going to switcheroo, you know what I mean, and then do it, do it a different way. As far as like the, what were you going to say? Go ahead, I was going to say it's probably difficult to anticipate the Everything. actions of someone who will stoop to whatever low they can find. Like you don't know how low they're going to go. We haven't and, found the bottom. Right. So how do you anticipate we, that? See, we need to hire people like Lev Parnas. I say we, Democrats. So, so, <laughs> so, we so they get... Getting a fourth member. So, so, <laughs> so, so Democrats, Democrats, right, they need to have some of those low lives, you see. You know, what would you do? <laughs> A consultant. A consultant, <laughs> that's right. Of, of scumbaggery, yes. <laughs> that's where we're at. Sorry, Fred. <laughs> it's a fight fire with fire thing. Well, you know, like, if, if they were to try to bring other articles of impeachment against them, I don't think it would be like a... Um, what the frick? Double Jeopardy? Double Jeopardy. See, you're not thinking, all right, you're, you're already thinking too high. No, 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 but I'm thinking abuse of power. You could use that over and over because it's abuse of power in regards to this, that, or another thing. Well, I'll give you an example. That wouldn't be double Jeopardy. Well, I'll give you an example. And, you know, again, it goes back to the bar thing. But, you know, there's this mounting evidence coming out about Trump directing his wall money towards this uh, uh, this contractor and, and dictating who the contract had to go to. That, to me, is impeachable. I mean, I mean, this guy did not meet the standards of either DHS or the other body that is in charge of constructing the wall. He yeah. may have missed on wind velocity <laughs> as well. And this guy's name is, is Fisher. And basically... He was. He found himself on Fox News talking about how much he loved the president and that he could build a wall better and cheaper and faster than anybody. The guy's a blowhard. Mm. And and then no when they his buddies with him when they did his um, when when he went through the vetting, none of that turned out to be true. Right? His his, his wall didn't meet the standards. His previous jobs have been over budget and and beyond the time limits. I mean, typical Trumpster, just a lot of bullshit. Mm-hmm. But what they cannot find is that direct link of Trump telling DHS, give the $400 million to this guy. It's just that it happened, you know? Is, is that level of abuse of power impeachable? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's what I'm saying. Is, yeah, yeah. Is, is you know... 
100 times, yeah. <laughs> and and so there's lots of things. I mean, just just think about what is likely to come down the road now. I mean, and, and again, that's where the Republicans are short-sighted. To think that Trump won't do worse. I mean, when this scandal first broke, it... it Sort of was like, okay, I wasn't expecting this, right? We knew the whole Russian thing, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, any other number of scandals you want to read about, Jared Kushner's mysterious uh, uh, security clearance and stuff like that. Why not? Um, But, uh, you know, the next one will be something also just as bizarre as Ukraine, you know, announcing investigations, for military aid. Who knows? But he's going to do it. Oh, absolutely. He's going to do it. And the Republicans... There's no repercussions, so... uh, And the the Republicans are figuring they're going to ride out every wave, I guess. I just don't understand that, you know. I know politicians are scum in general. Nothing personal, (laughs) Mr. Sowerby. But... You know what I mean. I mean, there are certain creatures, right? But to to fall in line the way they did with this guy, it just doesn't make sense. This is the guy they're going to fall on the sword for. I I, I don't get it. I'll tell you why. Did you read the article that I sent? This is is one of those things that I wanted to talk to you about. You send so many, and I don't read. Yeah, I know. I get it. Um, This was from The Atlantic. And um, this is why, okay? Um, And I recommend everybody to read it, but the the caption is, the case against impeachment has nothing to do with impeachment. And this is why when we say that, why, why aren't these guys voting with what's obvious? You know, where the evidence is overwhelming and the abuse is clearly within impeachable fence, which, by the way, something that the Trump lawyers argued in another court case. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> that the only check and balance that Congress has on Trump is, is impeachment, okay? So you can't make that up, right? So I'll give you a, a quote from the article. Under these circumstances, and I'll tell you what those are in a second here within the article, Asking McConnell and other Republicans to voluntarily cede power because of the inconvenience of a president violating the Constitution is a fantasy. Rather, they will overlook any crime, any abuse of power, lest their rule be lost. That's what this is about. Republican power is really dangling by a thread. I mean, in that... It is the minority of what moves America. And so they can't give up the slightest bit or the whole or they believe the whole thing will just crumble away. And and it goes back. There's the, the article makes a lot of good cases uh, about how a lot of it goes back to basically rule by white men. That's that's essentially what the Republican Party is built on rule by white men. And they're going to do whatever it takes to maintain that rule. And I would argue that it is so ingrained that that isn't in a memo. 
You know, the Mark Rubios of the world and the Ted Cruz's and, uh, you know, the Lamar Alexanders, right? They, they realize that they have to keep this thing together as it is or it'll fall apart. They, they, they have no choice. So I recommend the article from The Atlantic. And um, uh, to, to me, it really kind of opened my eyes up about why uh, they're, they're behaving the way they are. The way I've described it to a friend of mine is they're acting like a wounded and cornered animal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just doing whatever it can out of desperation to get out. Yep. DNA. Yep. And and that's that's you know, I mean one, that's why the acquittal is in and, and two, so you know, that's that's why I don't I don't think these things were ever gonna be you know, there was never gonna be a, a legitimate court, a trial, a legitimate trial. You know, uh, <clears throat> talk about the 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 wind being in. You just look at the amount of time that the president's council would do things. They were given two hours today. I don't think they took thirty minutes because they know they don't really have to yeah, because be it the it's predetermined what's going to happen. And I'm surprised they, they 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 took as much time as they did. Well, even on on Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, I've always right. been shocked by that. Well, they yeah. some some they pundit, didn't have to right. Some I, pundit on on MSNBC said, "When you're winning, shut up." Yeah, <laughs> you know, and they've already won. You know, I'm in sales. If you're getting the order, stop. Yep. <laughs> you can always blow it. Didn't you just get an email like that tonight? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Case in point, right? Like, we're we're good. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> okay, so moving forward, Monday they were going to have was that final arguments? Final arguments on Monday, four hours each side. All right. We should take bets on how long the, the Republicans... I think they'll take four hours. I think they'll take a big chunk of that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Why waste their breath? Uh, I don't know. I, I think that lawyers are long-winded. You know, if, if if they only have one speaker, go. you know, then yeah, it wouldn't be. I don't know if they're going to put Dershowitz back up there. That's a correct but Are they billing by the hour? You know. <laughs> <laughs> but... Who's paying for all this? I was just going to say, somebody asked me that question on Facebook. I didn't know the answer. I'm assuming taxpayers are. Of course we are. Someone was saying it's just a waste of taxpayer money, all of this. No, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with it either. No. Is investigating corruption ever a waste? uh, And that's how you countered that. Yeah. Yeah. They had no answer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because there's... You get into the denial as to whether there's corruption, right? And yeah. they're like, but um, uh, so final arguments will be Monday, and then Wednesday will be yeah. The, Tuesday's a day off. They give them a day off. Isn't that nice? You know why though? It's the most they've worked in a long time. You know why they have the day off, right? Taco Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> Bingo! Join us! Join us! Join us for Taco Tuesday. Tuesday is the State of the Union. They would not have hearings on that day because 
because I think they have it in that that Senate Hall anyway. So yeah, but that's probably why they took Tuesday off. I think it's it, it it's sort of interesting to me because with the Super Bowl coming up, where Dear Leader wanted to run a victory lap there, and then with the um, I think he's still going to. Well, yeah, they're going to run the ad. Right, right, and then um, Tuesday being State of the Union coming up, they ideally wanted to get this done like tonight, mm-hmm. Friday. But it, it almost seems like um, Schumer got some kind of leverage in there against Turtle and forced him to push it out the way he did. It's like, okay, you got what you wanted, blah, blah, blah. But you're going to give me this. You know what I mean? It's it's almost like the dirty back room stuff that Schumer probably has some kind of leverage, even, even though it isn't leverage to control the way anybody's voting, but he's got some kind of leverage because just because who he is. And, and that was maybe a, a capitulation maybe. by Turtle and said, all right, we, we, we won't give him the win for the Super Bowl in uh, State of the Union. We'll give it to you, but you're still going to lose. I just kind of got that. It was like a gut feeling. It's like, well, what? I mean, I've heard the term "mistake" from? that McConnell made a mistake in the rules that allowed for uh, amendments to go into the closure of this thing, and that's what Schumer's, you know, using. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, I, I didn't. That's I, just as plausible. I, I didn't know. I didn't know about, or didn't think about closing arguments. Right. I mean the. You know, maybe that was the amendments that that Schumer wanted closing arguments. Yeah. Because I thought, I mean, I don't, I don't know if the if the news media knew that there were closing arguments because they were talking. They were all saying they were going to jump right to. There, the there's going to be a vote, right? And yeah. and you know, you think about again in the world of trying to pretend to be, it's a you know, it's a trial. They have closing. You arguments. would have closing arguments after and your then witnesses. It goes to the jury. <laughs> <laughs> after what? After, uh, n- never mind. <laughs> uh, we didn't really touch on on Bolton yet. Let's talk about Bolton and Lev. So the Bolton news dropped on uh, Sunday night. Is that what you what yeah, you calculated? It was Sunday night with Casey Hunt. That's what I. That's where I saw it. And in the end, it Fuzzy? didn't really affect anything. Fuzzy. Was he? Carry on. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Go ahead. In the end, it, it didn't really uh, have an impact on the trial. It seemed to shake things up Monday. I, I get... Maybe that was the media shaking things up. Shaking themselves up, right? Like, yeah. ah, you know, the, this bomb is exploding all over Washington. Bombshell. Yeah. That's what they all say. But is it? But did it really? Are the Republicans like, we know where we're going to go with this regardless of what happens. I mean, you know, in retrospect, I kind of feel like it, it, it didn't matter and nor was it even going to phase them. You know? It only would have mattered if he was called to testify as a witness. And that wasn't going to happen. And right. this, this was just a leaked copy of his first draft, right? No. It's not even really fully it's, leaked. It's blurbs. Right? Yeah. It's just, it's just, you know, he gave, Bolton gave the White House 
the manu- manuscript of the book on December 30th. Mm-hmm. So their defense team had it yeah. the entire time, which is bullshit. You know, it just seems to me they shouldn't be able to do that. It timing is all weird here. Most Some of it's coincidental, but the timing is weird. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't know when, you know, Bolton started writing the book and, you know, the impeachment was held up for the holidays, you know, stuff like that. There's there's some weird timing in there. That it might just be coincidence. It, it sure seemed the way that things from that book have dribbled out, it, it, it was like Bolton was just like dangling yeah. the bait, just trying to set the hook to get in there. How, how many leaks were there? Was there three? Three, I think. I think a total of three, including today, right? The Cipollone. Yeah, the Cipollone yeah. one. And, uh, and uh, Lindsey Graham. No, that's Lev Parnas. Oh, that's Lev, right, yeah. Um, now, did you also hear that the White House is trying to stop the book from getting out? Yeah. Yeah. They're saying that's not going to happen, though. <sighs> He's a, pri- he's, a private ci- he's a private citizen, First Amendment rights. Um, also, he claims that they went through that thing, and he knows what classified information yes. is. He's been in government 40 years. Well, part, part of this whole scandal is the fact that Trump has been trying to position this as classified, right? The transcript or the notes of the meeting, I hate calling it a transcript, were deemed classified. And the Trumpsters fall for this. Like, I, I'm, I'm often surprised. Like, you fall for it because in your mind you think it is classified or that whatever he says is classified. I mean, you know, what's cla- go back to the Hillary email stuff, right? What's Lock her up. We should know what, what I'm saying is we there should be far less that's classified than that that's unclassified than classified. You, you know what I mean? Classified should really be held for just those things that are seriously uh, important and potentially dangerous to the United States with its allies and its enemies. I mean that that bar should be really, really high. Negotiating out something for an investigation, even if it was legit, even if Trump really thought that the Bidens were doing something wrong in Ukraine and wanted to follow up on that, okay, even if that was legit, that's not classified information. No. Right? So, you know, and I have found that Trumpsters will, you know, we don't have we don't have to know everything that they're doing. That's classified, classified, classified. That's bullshit. It's not classified. You know, I, I mean, I don't want to live in a country with that level of secrecy. The government's supposed to be transparent. Well, that's some funny <laughs> shit. <laughs> hey, Obama could have done a better job at that as well. Oh. He wasn't very transparent. What if ism? Yeah, whatever. Well, but the other way. See, I'm going the other way with it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not supporting Trump's argument. I'm saying Obama wasn't good at it. You know, is that reverse what aboutism? It kind of is. Okay. Something that you'll never see out of a Trumpster. Right. You know, uh, I'll still call it as I see it. As will you and you. Mm. 
Go, going forward, this is something else that I wanted to bring up on this impeachment. Uh, I've been reading some things about how, you know, they're saying things like no president will ever meet the bar for impeachment. You know, all future presidents will now be able to abuse their power for election purposes and whatnot. That's a bunch of nonsense. Okay? That only goes as far as the majority party having the power and the rule. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? We're, we're not setting a new precedent that can't be broken. I mean, because we've already set precedent here, right? We didn't follow previous, mm -hmm. you know, impeachments. So why people don't think, it, you know, that if a Democratic president abuses power and the Republicans have control of the House and Senate, they wouldn't impeach him. Of course they would oh, yeah. impeach him. So this idea that, you know, that it's... Uh, um, that we've we've set new levels for how awful a president can be. Uh, I, I, I don't buy that argument. You know, kind of the best example I could give was when I wrote in in comment to somebody. That's like saying that a president will never seat a Supreme Court justice during an election year. Because Be of the Merrick Garland. Because Merrick, but that's that's not true. It's only because the opposing power, the, the opposing party, had the power not to do it. You, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If 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 we need a Supreme Court justice in 2020, do you think McConnell's going to wait <laughs> until the election? Of course he's not. You know what I mean? It's going to get seated right away, and the Democrats will. Freak out about it, man. They will just, you know. Lose the their shit. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'll lose my shit too just kind of and because of the hypocrisy. But I know what's going to happen. They're going to do it, you know. So we didn't set a new rule. And we didn't set a new rule with Trump. And we didn't set a new rule with impeachment. It's all about who is in power. Yeah. True. Well, it's no longer about... Different branches checking others. This time, this time, mm -hmm. that's all. It's 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 no. We'll we'll still have checks and balances on 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 future presidents if the other power has if the other party has the has has the majority. Yes, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. So to say that we we we've lost checks and balances, we've lost checks and balances unless the opposing party has majority that's where that's where we've lost the check and balances mm -hmm. in that scenario exactly. you know and 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 one of the things that that did come up in this line of discussion and i thought it was a really good point was it's the opposing party that's going to subpoena the president when they feel like they have to do investigations Subpoena the administration, right? Mm -hmm. And so you you you'd rarely ever have a situation where the aligning party with the White House is going to do an investigation and subpoena. 
right? I mean, things have to be really pretty egregious at that point, right? But that's probably not like not likely. So, in a certain respect, you you kind of in in that scenario, stay with me. You kind of have set a new precedent, and that precedent saying the White House can just ignore subpoenas, and then you win in your impeachment trial because you've ignored the subpoenas. And that's a situation where the subpoena comes from a majority rule opposing party. So that is the formula now, basically, for the White House or the, the executive branch to stay out of impeachment is just ignore subpoenas. And in, in most cases, those subpoenas would come from the opposing party that has the majority rule. Right. Yeah. So that, that part probably does fuck up our democracy quite a bit. <laughs> you know, it's real easy to win a trial if you don't have to give up any evidence and people can't testify against you. Yeah. <laughs> it's real easy. <laughs> you know, I know it's total nonsense, but be- because of this situation, wait till you see how fast it comes up where someone's on trial for murder and and they're going to cry well we we're not going to have any accept any evidence and no witnesses and well i mean it's absurd it, 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 but can, it, it, can't it wouldn't you be see a murder it trial it would be murder. maybe that's a bad example it, but. but but it would be a, like a, a white collar crime a, a federal crime yeah. a white collar crime and and someone try that you know i, I guarantee you someone's going to try it and then, what do you do? <laughs> but again, I, I, I don't believe that we are setting precedent. Because it's just, it's uh, subjective or situational to the players involved. Yeah. So, that doesn't mean the sky isn't falling. Right, right. You know, because I don't, I, don't, I don't know how this is going to affect the 2020 election. I believe it's damaging to them. I, I honestly believe... It's more damaging than helpful. Well, you and I were talking on the way up, and uh, I brought up the point that even as bad as it looks... It's a long ride. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Even as bad as it looks possibly for the Democrats and not getting a win out of this, in the long run, though, this could cause serious damage to the, the, the red team come elections. Well, I I think what I was saying earlier about why they're doing this to try and hold together this coalition of white male superiority, and and there are so many tides pushing against them, Uh, eventually it will be overwhelming, you know? Like what the guy said when you got in the car when we were getting ready to leave, he said these old bungholes eventually have to die off. (laughs) It's the first thing Fred heard when he got in my car. Yeah, I'm putting my stuff was, in the back seat and all I hear is old bunghole. <laughs> I'm like, what are you listening to? It was on Progress Radio. <laughs> and it was a caller, by the way, on, on um, uh, the uh, Mike, Michelangelo Cinerelli show. But, yeah, I, 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 the long-term outlook for the Republican Party is not good at all, whether it's demographic changes or... Uh, uh, political wins, you know, forcing that change with, uh, you know, more social programs and 
you know, a, a greater sense of society and culture that's eventually going to take that over. Um, so if it's not if it's not this time around, and you know we don't take the Senate this time, it, it'll happen. What what has to happen after that, though, is when the progressives get control and enough control, they have to do more. Obama had it for two years. He didn't do enough. Again, more Obama bashing today. He that's didn't. All, that's all right. He didn't do enough. He barely got Call the ACA like passed see. through, and he spent all his political capital doing that. And I've never really understood that argument about political capital. Either you have the power or you don't. How much capital you're spending shouldn't matter if you have the power. Trump and McConnell have shown that, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they don't spend political capital. They just use their power. They, they, you, you know, McConnell spent no political, no political capital holding back on Garland. He spent no political capital, you know, fighting against the, uh, uh, the, the Mueller report and, 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 and the Russian scandal. He's lost no political capital or used no political capital keeping this impeachment at bay. He's just using his power. And uh, so when progressives get to that spot, and you know, may not be 2020, may not be 2024, but when they get there, you gotta force it down their throats. You gotta but to force this progressive change down America's but th- throats. But there's the problem. They, well, they don't have the ruthless gene. Because, because they, they, they're too nice. They think people are going to play along. That's exactly right. They think if they're doing the right thing, people will play along. This you're is you're comparing o- apples Obama. and oranges. This was, that, that is what is wrong. Oh. They should be more cutthroat. In, in fact, that they the, need to be. The the Atlantic article talked at length about one of the things that McConnell did, uh, which sometimes I believe his political savviness is overrated, right? Because again, he he just he's forcing things with majority. When you have majority, it's easy to mm-hmm. do. Okay, but one of the things he did was when he came out and said, our goal is to make Obama a one-term president, and we're going to obstruct everything he does. What he was able to do in that situation was now all of a sudden kind of do a turnabout, and where Obama thought he was the uniter, McConnell forced his hand to be a divider. We're not going to do it. So McConnell's really the, the divider, but... The world is looking at it as both parties are divided. You know, if 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 you're willing to say, well, you know, I'll compromise, and the other guy's willing to say you're not, and then you cloud the media with a bunch of bullshit, it looks like both parties are not willing to come together because you're not you're not meeting in the middle, and and that's what the Republicans are really good at at doing, is controlling that narrative, because it, it's it's so it's so important to them. Because when they lose that power, uh, I think that um, uh, it, it will be a big change for, for America. I think when they lose it, they lose it. I think There's so, no too. coming back. Yeah. And I think they sense that. Yeah. I think Wounded animal. And, and I think, in some respects, Lamar Alexander sees it that way. Right? He, he's doing it so the Republicans stay in power. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, that, that, that narrative fits perfectly because, you know, again, I heard today was, why would Lamar Alexander not vote for witnesses? 
He's retiring. He has nothing to lose. He's admitted the pl- the president is 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 guilty of, as charged. Why wouldn't he want more information surfaced to the American people so they can make the right choice in November, even if he was going to be acquitted? Right. The idea is put the information out there because Lamar Alexander doesn't want to see the death of the Republican Party and the stronghold of or of, he's got plans white males for, in this country. But he's got plans for when he retires. Well, well a side gig. yeah, but you know he he's old. You know, yeah, he'll get a side gig, whatever it yeah. is. But it, it's it's really kind of what I stated. It, it's he knows what's at stake for. Uh, I, I I say the party, but it's really more of that uh, um, that subculture. The racist, mm-hmm. white supremacists, <laughs> be holes. All right, thirsty. Hell yeah. How about we go to the. Treasure Trove. It's another coffee, is it? It's another coffee. (laughs) (laughs) TBD. (laughs) I didn't think of it that way because they didn't use the word coffee. All right. Well, what do you got? What do you got? Okay. Well, what I have here is not what I thought. Nah. Thought it might be. (laughs) <laughs> Sound effects <laughs> from our little snack party. Uh, I was thinking that I was that I had purchased the hazelnut vanilla Java Porter. Um, I wanted to have an Atwater beer for obvious reasons. We'll get into that. Okay. But um, remember how I was telling you I stayed away from the twenty dollar. Mm-hmm. Yep. To go to the twelve and whatever. To the eight. The, yeah. the twenty dollar uh, four pack was their hazelnut vanilla Java porter, and that's still what I had in my mind that I thought I bought. But I went cheap, and I went with this mint double decadent chocolate ale um, by Atwater. So still by Atwater. Um, uh, so, yes, it isn't the coffee. It is the chocolate, a, a mint chocolate. I guess it's going to taste like a Girl Scout cookie, right, or something? Yeah. Is this Willy Wonka? Yeah, I think oh, it's that? supposed to be because it says chocolate. Oh, yeah, chocolate yeah. bar out there. Yeah. You, you know, we've talked about the Atwater labels before yeah. and how they're so identifiable. And I, They're I, iconic to that brand. And I wanted an Atwater beer, and there's, in the in the place that I, I go for the, for the great selection of Michigan beers, uh, Grapevine, uh, you know, it was just so easy. I went to the cooler. Mm-hmm. Here's what they have cold. And bang, bang, bang. Here's everything that's at water. Really easy for me to tell. But they, um, all the ones in the cooler, they, we've, we've tried already. <laughs> Dirty Blonde, um, uh, Bad Personal Choices, or whatever that one was called. Uh, and... Uh, I forget there was a third. So, so the three in the cooler, and then mm-hmm. over in the uh, non-refrigerated section, that's where they had the hazelnut. So, did you know that they have a um, they have a series? So their vanilla Java Porter is a popular porter mm-hmm. for Atwater, and probably around the country as well. So what they've done is they've expanded on that, and they have different flavors within okay. the uh, VGP. You know, and it says that on the on the package. So this was the H, uh, uh, JVP, JVP, not JVP, 
JVP. Yes. Okay. And and there was another one that I, I forget as well. So they have like a series that's an extension of their uh, vanilla Java porter. But this is not that. <laughs> Good story. Nonetheless. Okay. This is the, what do they call it? Mint Double Decadent. All right. It's 8.0, which is very nice. And made for blotto from a bitterness factor, 11 IBUs. It's like one of the lowest IBUs I think it we've seen. barely rocks the <laughs> needle, baby. Hey, I didn't, I didn't buy it for the IBUs. <laughs> and it pairs with kicking back or doubling down. So there's Super Bowl kicking back and doubling down is what Presidents does all the time regardless. So. You know, I did some research on IBUs. Did you? Yes. Did we didn't know what we were talking about ever. Are you now? <laughs> Do you know what the scale is? No. Well, Z- you, you said it was zero to, to infinity. Infinity, infinity yes. and beyond. Yes. <laughs> it's just literally a measurement of bitterness, like, components in a beer. In your research, did you find, like, the maximus? Several thousand. No. Yes. So it, it's kind of like the Coles <clears throat> scale. Yes, with the peppers. Right, so there's no top end. They just keep making them hotter yeah, and hotter. It's hotter and hotter and more Maybe, because I kept saying it was around like 116, so maybe I was hearing that that's generally the, the top end of drinkable beers. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Right. Like once you get beyond that, it's it's like going for one of those pepper, like a ghost pepper where it's going to tear you up. Every which way, and there's no one joining. Carolina Reaper. Yeah, yeah. One of, <laughs> one of my favorite YouTube videos of all time. <laughs> what I was reading is one, like after 150 ish, something like that. You blackout. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, your tongue permanently sticks to the roof of your mouth. Right. You cannot remove it. <laughs> you, can't, you can't really taste the difference after like 150 yeah. or higher. Yeah. So beyond that, it's just showing off. Hmm. It's not for flavor at that point. It's just how much bitterness can you put into a beer. Here's a question for you, because I did a little research, too. Oh, okay. For a different reason, actually. Mr. Science. Uh, well, no, it, it predicated on the same thing, the 117 hops. Yep. But uh, does your beer have to have hops? I don't know. No. I, I thought so. I, I, I'll plead ignorance. I thought so, yes. You're closer. Fred, it's a yes Fred. or no question. No, it's really not. You because you can make a beer without hops. Okay, I win. It's just so awful that nobody would ever drink it. <laughs> it, it, it would be really sweet. And the oh, first, it's a pilsner. And it, it would be worse than that. A pilsner's you know got some balance, but this is pretty darn sweet at eleven. But um, yeah, they they don't make beers without hops. So, but you can. But uh, I, I guess you, you, I guess you can make you know beer out of succulent, but <laughs> but but yeah, it, it is in every beer okay. because uh, you, you it's it's trying to find the, the balance of the uh, Marley Balt and uh, water or whatever it is. So you and actually, and I have yet to make beer, but I'm going to do it. You keep saying that. I know. I got the kit. I know. You've had it for a year. I've had it for many years, many years, uh, and that could happen too. <laughs> uh, private joke, but um, uh, but what happens is you 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 make your mash without the hops. I believe, as I was reading about, is hops are hops included in, in in every beer? 
you make your mash without the hops, and then you add your hops last mm-hmm. to figure out what kind of beer you're making. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, you're always going to add some. Anyway. Well, this, I haven't tasted it yet. You haven't tasted because it yet? Because I wanted to make a comment. Oh, boy. Is that when I see mint... And we had talked that this might be like a Girl Scout cookie. Mm-hmm. If this is sweet, I'm not going to like it. So I'm hoping from the bouquet that the mint is very subtle, a super undertone. I, I, I don't want this to be sweet and candy-ish. Okay. So I'm going to be disappointed. Okay, but so, okay do you, you don't want us to lead the witness, though, right? right? So we, we can tell you what we think, but that would taint, taint your taste buds. Ah, Get the proboscis in there. Be sweet. Uh. <laughs> I've never seen Fred with so much hesitation. I know. Drink beer. a beer. It's not that sweet. I think you set yourself up for something really, really, you know, Willy Wonka. I guess so. Because I, I, I find it really sweet. I'm middle of the road. Hmm. The sweetness is there, but I thought it was going to be more. Yeah, yeah, it's getting sweeter. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, now I'm eating M and M's. Trying to kill the sweetness? No, no. I. I it, it's minus reaction, and I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to finish the beer. I'm going to like the beer because I, I don't mind sweets and chocolate and mint, mm-hmm. but I'm probably still going to go. Not for me. Uh, I like all that stuff too, but not in my beer. Maybe that's what it is, right? I mean, I, I don't see myself purchasing or ordering this one again. Is is kind of where I'm going to come down on it. You know, you know, I love the peanut butter peanut <laughs> peanut butter. Hey, the peanut butter porter out of Saugatuck, right? <laughs> I, I love that beer, and I, I'm. I, I'm usually able to scrounge up one out of my cooler at home. I've heard too. you chant a song about it before, <laughs> and but that's it's it's still more beer than peanut butter and sweetness. Yeah. This one I'm not so certain. It's not more Willy Wonka hmm. than beer. I don't even understand why they make beer taste like that because they can. I don't. Yeah, why not? I don't understand. I why mean, do they make for beer, beer that for beer drinkers? It just that just seems like why make 117 IBU beer? Because they, they can. can. <laughs> I mean, you've got you know you make a lot of beers. You know. All right. I guess I mean, that's why endless, we try right? them, right? Right. And I mean, you know, someone this asked is why me. Why we say this is not for me? But it's for somebody else. You know, someone asked me, are we going to run out of Michigan beers to taste? No. Never. Never. Because they're producing them as quickly as we're drinking them, or faster. We drink two a week. We know they're making they're more, making than, more two than two a week. week right? We, have, well, we it, can't catch them yeah. as hard as we try. Yeah. Even if we started at zero. <laughs> even boycotting even, you know? the largest brewery in Michigan. Oh, okay. So we have to talk about that. Well, let's, hold up. Let's finish this. Well, let's talk about Atwater first, and then we'll talk about that. Can I talk about the beer? Yeah, if you got something to say. I got something to say. Uh, <laughs> something I, worthy. I love the smell, though. I want to comment on that. Yeah. The smell is The great. bouquet, yeah. yeah. It's brilliant. Um, I like it. I'm not going to have more than one. 
But th- you know what they did do? Mm. They actually delivered on what the bottle says. Can we give them credit for that? Yes. How many times do we yep. always say, yep. where's the coconut, where's the vanilla, where's yep. X, Y, and Z? Mint chocolate, yeah. They delivered on all their flavors, at least. Okay. So kudos to Atwater for that. I'm uh, not going to order another one, so it's a high meh. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to go the other way. I'm starting to think to myself, maybe I would order this. I had to be in the right situation. I am. And I don't think I would. You mean like being on a date with a Girl Scout? <laughs> What's the right situation? So hey, they're, they're, wait, who, who makes the Girl Scout beers? Oh. Is that right brain? So yeah. That's right brain. Yeah, right brain makes, makes it. Uh, hey, give me some credit for that. Oh. Uh, we'll have to fact check it. That's right brain. No, Is that right? Yeah. If, if, I'm trying to think, like, after Racquetball, we go to this place. They have a great selection of Michigan craft beers. And that's when I have the peanut butter porter. Right, right. If this was on the menu, I might say, you know what, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I'm going to go for the chocolate mint. Or I'll say, bring me both and I'll mix them. Oh. That's the next level. Yeah. (laughs) Mint, chocolate, peanut butter. pour half of one, half of the other. Why not? Yeah. Right? Because I can. That's a bold statement. Ask them next time. Or just go I, home. Could, I could see myself now. I'm 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 changing my mind. I could see myself doing this one again. It is a little on the sweet side, but I could see myself. I persuaded going him. for it. Yeah, you did. Still not up there with the pancakes, though. Ugh. That was beyond sweet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, syrup. That was syrup. <laughs> syrup. Yes. Yeah, okay. So then the other reason besides uh, cost and uh, that it wasn't coffee beer that I chose this. Particular brewery was because the announcement that was made about Atwater Brewery. Oh, uh, that's right. Here in Detroit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Molson's buying them, eh? So, you know, founder of Atwater, eh? Pitter Petter Atwater. <laughs> <laughs> now there's D-Gens. I'm <laughs> D-Gens from the, the South Country. <laughs> Founders goes to San Miguel, right? Yeah. Uh, Shorts is purchased by, is owned by somebody, partially. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. And uh, now Atwater has been gobbled up by Molson Coors. And for many people, even including myself, I'm assuming I just forgot that Molson and Coors was the same brewery. I did not know that. I'm assuming that I did, I just forgot. Like, it happened some time ago, and I didn't pay attention to it, and it was like, who cares, but... You know, if Molson wanted to get entree into the U.S. from Canada, or if Coors wanted to get entree into Canadian markets, you know that just makes sense. You know, I'm not even entirely sure I've ever had a Molson. I don't like Molson. I've had Labatt's. I like Labatt's. I've had O'Keefe's. I had all sorts of Canadian beer. Mm-hmm. Brodeur. I've had Puppers. Brodeur. Um, get the smell of Puppers. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a Molson. Honestly, yeah. I don't like Molson. I don't like Moosehead. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. I had Moosehead. They're, they're sort of those those German lagers, you know, kind of like Heineken's. I've never been a big fan. Hmm. Uh, but I, you know, just like we did with Founders before they, you know, had their issues, we brought them on because we're like, like let's have one before 
the big bad corporation takes over. And I had a lot of people, I had a number of people ask me, you know, like, what do you think about the Atwater acquisition? And uh, I, th I think this applies to founders as well, other than the other issues which we'll talk about. But I'm not so concerned about them cutting corners or sacrificing quality for profit or whatever. I mean, that might happen on some level, you know, or but I may or may not ever taste it, or mm -hmm. are they still considered a craft beer because now they belong to some megalopolis? Right. What's disappointing about it, I think, is companies like Founders and Atwater were Michigan companies, and they were the right size companies to be on the map, but not too large. You know, they're kind of what makes your community recognizable and special having those size companies you know it's you know eastern market brewing nobody cares about i do no you don't really and <laughs> no I, i'm saying outside of michigan and uh you know they're not thinking them people don't think of eastern market brewing as a company that is representing Michigan or Detroit because it doesn't have enough scale. And so it kind of saddens me, I guess, that companies like Founders and Atwater are no longer really purely Detroit companies because companies like those, big enough but small enough, hometown but again sort of national, help the overall uh, image of Detroit, you know, and, and Michigan, you know, founders was Grand Rapids, I believe, but well, help the overall image. So now, you know, when you think of Detroit, you don't think of Atwater beer, you know, because now it's going to be owned by Molson. I would think, like you mentioned, founders. So that's why I'm against these kind of mergers, not, not because of the business side. You mentioned founders and shorts and all that kind of stuff. Those are... Beer-wise, relatively newer companies, but Atwater has been around forever. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. We used to go to Atwater mm -hmm. Bar back, shit, what, 40 years? A long year, time ago. 40 yeah. years ago. We used to go downtown Detroit and crawl around and try and, you know, kill ourselves mm -hmm. <laughs> bar to bar. And Atwater occasionally was the fir the first bar we'd hit it was a meeting place meet at atwater yep. meet at atwater so in so, yeah it's it is sort of sad in a sense to see them finally being eaten up so i sort of see it a little different than the founders thing because they're a little bit more current right but that's more of a mainstay of detroit when i think atwater is a a detroit bar yeah you know what i mean and, it, it, it's that dank little bar and kind of bowling alley-ish. Yeah. I mean, I mean, think of the, the, the way that people re relate to Michigan when it comes to Bell's beer, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and, and Kalamazoo, right? I mean, Bell's has put them on the map. Now, you know, Larry Bell says he's never going to sell. I mean, in fact, that came out in an article regarding the Atwater. And... Um, you know, never, right, right, sure, right, sure. right. But 
you, you know, if if Bell's was all of a sudden purchased by, you know, Miller Lite or something, it it would it even though the operations could still stay in Kalamazoo, even though they manufactured great unique beers, call them craft at one point or not, but even if they did everything that they're doing today, it still wouldn't no longer it, it would no longer relate to Michigan Kalamazoo the way that company does. And it would lose at, some of its charm. Yeah, exactly. And at, and Atwaters and, and Founders and others, I think, are, are kind of the same way. So I'm sad to see those changes, but n- not because I'm worried about, you know, um, uh, corporate global influence, just because they're leaving Detroit or Michigan, as it were. So of the Molson Coors, who's the big dog there? I think Molson bought Coors, but I don't know. Okay. Well, Molson, that's not Windsor, right? Uh, Canada. <laughs> it's all the same, right? Uh, I don't think Windsor. Toronto. They gotta be Toronto. Is it Toronto? Gotta be. They're, they're, Could be they're not Montreal. Because <laughs> they have a French, be maybe a French name yep. like I Levesque. think they're made in letter, Kenny. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> all right. So, well, do you want to talk about the founders thing? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, since we're talking beer, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll stay on topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's try and focus. Uh, so, you know, we've kind of made it our personal little vendetta, uh, little or principled stance that you know we weren't going to be drinking any any founders ever since their cafefe with. Um, their uh, wrongful discharge racial discrimination lawsuit right uh, with, with Tracy Evans and, and 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 part of it for me and we talked about this quite a bit I'm gonna interrupt for one quick second yeah of course interrupt anytime J- you want just I just want to put a pin in something yeah did the F- Detroit founders reopen like they were supposed to just something to come back to well it's actually part of the story okay we'll stick the pin in it keep going Okay, so, uh, yeah, rewind. One of the things that occurred during that, that, that lawsuit, or, yeah, that lawsuit, was when they um, deposed the manager that fired the guy who brought the lawsuit. Um, his, his name is Dominic Ryan. When they deposed him, he said all kinds of bizarre things uh, uh, under oath that, you know, he didn't know if Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan were black because he had never met them. <laughs> right? So just... You don't see color. Uh, fair uh, enough. And, <laughs> to be fair. To be and, fair. you know, you know yeah. questioning the difference between African-American lineage and other, you know, what, whatever. So the guy was a real douchebag. And at that time... You know, then founders closed the Detroit Tap Room, and uh, they had stated in their last public statements that Dominic Ryan was put on leave, on paid leave, until they decided what. Uh, Didn't uh, we find out he they shipped him back to GR? I, or was that not, I not confirmed? I would say that would be not confirmed. Okay. So on my timeline and Facebook recently, Mm-hmm. Uh, popped up an ad asking people to apply 
for jobs for the Detroit Tap Room. So founder said, we're reopening the Detroit Tap Room in 2020. Many positions available apply here. So it was just a Facebook ad. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote into the comments, not until you confirm Dominic Ryan has left the company. (laughs) And have you ever seen if you comment on some companies' sites, and I wonder if we could do this with the Pottoms Up Facebook page, that you can click a button and it copies what you wrote into an IM to them? Oh, yeah, send in messenger. Send in messenger, right. Not familiar with it, but carry on. So I did that. So I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll send in messenger. So I send in messenger. Lo and behold, I got a reply. Right <laughs> from founders saying, "Bottoms right, up, bottoms up." <laughs> feedback, love feedback. <laughs> saying that Dominic Ryan is no longer employed by founders. Huh. He's now at Atwater. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so what is this? That's going to be tough to top. <laughs> In 2020, that might be the funniest thing Fred has said ever on a podcast. Anyway. So does this free us up? Well, that's my question. That's my question here to the to the, to the well, up crew. Full disclosure. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I have to do this. And you're my witness, right? Yep. I have to do this. Halfway to Higgins, right? Yeah. We had to, half pint and I had to stop and get some beer for the weekend. And I bought the beer for the podcast. And then I was looking for just something general, right? Yeah. And I I was kind of feeling IPA-ish. There was a 15 or 18 pack of IPA, Centennial IPA. Never dawned on me that it was Founders. Oh, it, that's right. I remember had I, the Centennial. I yes. bought it. I never even thought about it and didn't even mentally kick in that that was Founders. So I may have broken the oath. It's no may. Nah, I, mean, I broke the oath. <laughs> well, but what are you doing on accidents? You know, you can't I, you can't fault a guy. The only reason I, I bought it was it was an IPA, and it was like a 15-pack. So I figured it could get me through most of the weekend. Because the other stuff they had there was all six-packs, and mm-hmm. I was like, eh, I don't feel like dealing with that. I want quantity. Bulk. <laughs> Bulk. Yeah. So I picked it up, bought it, didn't even think about it, and then Nobbs saw it, and he called it in your fridge. He saw it in the <laughs> fridge at home. I saw You know, I didn't know that that was a, a founder's beer. Yeah, well, remember I said to you, oh, Centennial, that would have been a good beer to have for oh, the 100. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. And I remember you making that comment, and, and it did, still didn't dawn on me that it was founders. Right, you didn't you didn't divulge to me at that point. It's a founders. <laughs> I didn't I didn't make the connection. And since I don't drink IPAs that much, especially not voluntarily, <laughs> I didn't notice that the can was a founders. I had can. never had that particular IPA from them, and I just grabbed it because it was bulk, priced right, and I thought it serves my purpose. I want to get through the weekend. I figure between those 15 beers and the the liquor witch trying to kill me, whatever else I, I would be fine. <laughs> so so back to founders. You know, it's just us three, but 
Someone pointed it out to me, do we really think they've changed the culture? That's the ultimate question. Mm, and Nah, it's probably a Band-Aid. It, it, I mean, the, the owners are still involved, and, and, and they set the culture, and I do question kind mm-hmm. of what, you know, what their beliefs are about such things. Um, you know, the, the most damning thing probably besides what Dominic was saying in his deposition was what happened when they hired the community outreach person and she said these these people don't give a shit about community outreach and um, you know bringing the community together they're just trying to win their lawsuit and that's why they hired me so um, you know but originally my uh, threshold was uh, you know, get, getting rid of, of, of that guy that made those outrageous comments. But I don't know. Should, should we put them back on the list or not put them on the list? Should we have a secret vote? <laughs> I, I would say right now, the way I just position things, no. I'm going to say yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> you, you voted last, Fred. You didn't want to do that. I don't want to be in this position. <laughs> you but there will always be a little thing in the back of my mind that says... Maybe you know, there's something wrong with this company. Yeah, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, if I've got you know, beer A and beer B over here, one's Founders, well, maybe the other one kind of outweighs Founders a little bit because that's always going to taint their image to me. Now, as it comes, as it, as it relates to Potoms Up in our beer reviews... Mm-hmm. Founders comes up, like when you go to select your beers. I mean, you know, you know, my story tonight when I looked in the cooler and I saw the Atwater stuff, and all of the Atwaters in the cooler we had already reviewed. Right. When I went to the non-cooler stuff, I, I eventually found two Atwaters that were there, and that's usually the newer stuff. But they had a whole big section of Founders, and it would have been really easy for me to pick a beer from there. And I had to almost like just put the blinders on and say, I'm not going to do it. So it's, it, you know, I, I'm not going to, I don't really feel the need to, to purchase founders for my personal use. There's, you know, I mean, KBS is great beer. <laughs> but, um, but now I got Griffin Claw, right? Yeah. I got Flying Buffalo in the replace, to, to replace KBS. For the same price, maybe even cheaper. I saw a thing on Facebook. It was KBS, um, not Java, but uh, Espresso. <laughs> it just came out. You've had it already. No, I have not. You got you got a you got a fridge. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're also avoiding the question. No, I, I'm thinking about my answer. And quite frankly, all things considered, I could live without them. So, I'm going to say no. So, Uh-oh. the band stands, huh? The band stands. The band stands. Yeah. All right. For now. Unless... Unless it's a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Next time we're over to Fred's house, it's just going to be founders, <laughs> top to bottom of his friend. <laughs> it was a mistake. <laughs> it was KBS Espresso. What can I do? That's what they've done. Same thing that water's done with their um, JVP is they've taken the KBS and expanded that product line because they know it's so good. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay, on to the topic here. 
listeners may have noticed some munching in the background mm-hmm. or some noise. I'm chewing. Uh, Nobs has uh, put out a little spread of snacks for us today. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And, and why did you put out these snacks here, Nobs? Something about a football game. <laughs> So, Super Bowl weekend. This is our Super Bowl party. Yeah. <laughs> it's mine. This is all I got. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fred, you won't even, you, you're going to be traveling during Super Bowl. I will actually be wheels up at kickoff and will be landing about halftime. Um, from Detroit to Florida. Lauderdale. Florida. You know, you might be able to catch the game on the TVs on the plane if they have them. Hmm. Yeah. Do you care to? Well, yeah, I guess so. It would be kind of unusual. The first Super Bowl at 35,000 feet for me. <laughs> it be mile high thing. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, it's kind of... All right. So, I, yeah, I, I thought I would put this topic out there, kind of couch it this way. I find sports topics culturally difficult with you two guys. <laughs> do you want to know when I found out it was Super Bowl weekend? <laughs> I do. I do. 4.30 today. <laughs> I was leaving work. Co-worker was like, yeah, I tried to get Monday off, but I wasn't allowed. Apparently, everyone put in for Monday off. I'm like, what, what the fuck is Monday? What's so special about Monday? It's like... The day after the Super Bowl? Is that this weekend? <laughs> yeah? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, when we do our cultural topics, sports can be uh, a, a, a significant portion of different aspects of our culture in all kinds of ways, you know. But we don't really bring them up because you, Nobs, and Fred, you just aren't real... You know, in the spectator sports sense, aren't, aren't big fans. Spectator. Now talk about participants. <laughs> okay. I'm the only one at the table that played football in high school, <laughs> soccer in high school, <laughs> hockey in you high don't school. Know that. You don't know me in my high school years. <laughs> okay, tell us about it. I didn't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> but don't assume. <laughs> But okay, you did pick up on how carefully I worded that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. danced there, around it a there, little there, bit. No, there's a difference between being a spectator sports fan and being, you know, someone into sports, right? So, you know, when when I thought about, you know, this weekend and the fact that it's a Super Bowl, I went back through our previous episodes to make sure that we didn't do a Super Bowl weekend. Because I, I thought to myself, well, how would we not? How, how would we not? Right? But because, because I think it's, you know, it's it's not a high priority. It's not you, it's us. Yeah, <laughs> de- de- definitely. Um, so what, I, what did we do last Super Bowl? Oh. Do you recall? Yeah, there was something else going on. And um, that also might have been the .5 episode. Oh, really? It, it might have been right around that same time. And... There was there were some other things that were kind of happening. So, you know, this this year we're doing it the Friday, you know, right before um, uh, Same Super Bowl. Weekend, yeah. Uh, and and like a lot of people in America, uh, you can do the pledge. No. 
who aren't necessarily NFL fans, but then they're Super Bowl party fans, right? I mean, that's that's what makes this more of a cultural phenomenon than just a sports thing, is the idea that people who, the, the, only, the only football game they might watch for the entire year might be the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, so I thought, you know, we'd, we'd kind of talk about uh, the whole party scene, and that's where, you know, Knobs has uh, yeah, decided to, to, to show them the Doritos. Yeah, we're going to open up some Doritos. Although we don't have the most popular foods here. We'll get into that in a second. we got some Doritos going on here. we got Doritos. some Zells going Pretzels. on. Pretzels. Zells. Zells. Pretzels. And some peanut M&M's, my favorite the candy. The best M&M's. Yep, the best M&M's ever. And our mint chocolate ale. I'm out. <laughs> do you got a fourth? I do. <laughs> well, he obviously liked it, so um, here you go. Uh, now, I said I wasn't going to have a second one, or I wouldn't order a second one. So if I drink this, you didn't automatically order become a for me, though? You didn't order that. You, you just implied that. It could be a matter of convenience. You might be thirsty. Convenience, okay. Yeah. All right. What did he get? Um, Nacho cheese. Okay, so then, uh, now, since you didn't know about the Super Bowl until this afternoon, um, I'm assuming you didn't have plans to attend a Super Bowl party. No. Have you ever been to a Super Bowl party? Yeah. Okay. But you don't like them? You didn't get an invite this year? No. Oh. Well, you can come to our Super Bowl party. Where at? Your place? Uh, Bean Dip. Yeah, I was at his Super Bowl party a few years ago. <laughs> that's the one I was at most recently. <laughs> but, I, I knew that's where it was, yeah. but I was staying out of it. But I was there. I don't remember. You, I don't remember which year that was that you were that's there before we really started hanging out. But I broke his coat rack. <laughs> I've not been invited. To oh this. no, no! Of course you're invited. Of course you're invited. <laughs> you say that until I show no, up. No, no, no! Of course you're invited. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, before Bean Dip had it. I always had it. Mm. Yeah. And then, you know, my family situation blew up. <laughs> and we decided... We, 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 <laughs> I, I know she doesn't listen, my ex. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty sure. But Just give me the one episode. But we had to... We canceled our Super Bowl party before announcing, I think, or we had just announced that we were going to get a divorce. And it was kind of a, a discussion that we had. Like, are we going to play? Because we had to play along for New Year's because right. we always had the New Year's Eve party. And then it was like, okay, we played along that yeah. time because we had already made the decision back in November but hadn't told the kids and hadn't started all the, the wheels turning. So then we knew Super Bowl was coming up, and it was like, no. So he's been having it ever since. Because if you don't cancel Super Bowl, I mean, you've got Easter, Arbor Day. <laughs> Fourth of July. <laughs> it, just, it just rolls yeah, after that. So eventually, you got to put a stake in the ground and say, you know, we're not doing the Arbor Day party either. <clears throat> um, okay, so put that in your books. I'll, I'll give you details uh, off the air. Okay. Uh, Fred, you're going to be in the air, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you don't always go to Bean Dips. Yeah. Have, have you? I'm trying to recall. I don't remember. He's not aware. <laughs> yeah, I'm there. I go. 
All right. I go to Super Bowl. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. I, I, I love all the squares and the prop <laughs> questions and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Compliments of you, of course, and good stuff. I, I get tired of that. It, it, I, honestly, God, I, I've, I've dreaded Everyone it. depends on you. I know. And I've dreaded it every year for probably the last five years, you know, putting that shit together, organizing it, you know, playing around with the money. Knobs. See what we're avoiding? It, it pays to be us. Yeah. <laughs> High five. Bottoms <laughs> up. I'm, I'm sitting this one out. Um, so much easier. Okay, so. So much easier just to win money than to. So, so, so I, I, I figured there were some stats on, on Super Bowl parties, right? Um, we haven't heard from the stat man in a while. Uh, stat man. You're the stat man. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, you're, you're the stat You're not alone man. if you do not go to a Super Bowl party. What percent of people do you think do not attend a Super Bowl party? 70. Uh, too high. I say about 37. Too low. Split the difference there, guys. Mm, 50. Yeah. 50-50, yeah. really? It, it, it varies over years. Uh, um, the least amount, and I wonder if it depends upon who's playing, but the least amount that ever uh, did not go to a Super Bowl party, according to the survey on um, Statista.com, 49.4% did not attend a Super Bowl party in 2016. In 2019, statistically, a, a, a fairly big drop-off, 54%. Probably bored of Brady. So B O B. Yeah, about a five percent difference. How about five percentage point difference? F off. So a ten percent uh, difference. What? F <laughs> off Brady. He's anyway. the factor. He's you not mean, in this year. You, know so you can swear on the podcast, right? I don't know. It doesn't work quite as well with my acronyms. F you. Seventeen <laughs> percent throw a party. 24% attend a party, 5% uh, watch in a bar or a restaurant. That number seems a little low, but, yeah. I, but I guess, you know, it, it is more of the home party thing. And then the remainder, that other 50-something percent, um, don't do anything at all. So I got a question. I might have the answer. Why the F do they do it on Sunday? Thank you. <laughs> It's, yeah. That is the most moronic thing yeah. ever. They're off for two weeks before they play. How about you play on this Saturday? And all those statistics would change. If you had that on a Saturday, I guarantee you everything would be up. More participation, more people having parties, the whole schmear. And people wouldn't have to take Monday off work. In, in the game, ah. Uh, because I'm going to level with you. <laughs> I'm not going to be nips. Because why? Cause because it's, it's on, on a Sunday. Sunday. And I have to work Monday morning. Yeah, but okay. I, I don't really quite buy that argument. Like, I'm, I'm living proof. I just told you. No, no, no. But, but what, <laughs> were you planning on getting shit-faced? No. It's, right? It's more about. I, mean, I, 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 know why, I know why my brother doesn't go. What time is the game going to end? 10, 11, and goes a little late. Yeah. 10 30. Let's, okay. Finish up there, shake hands, whatnot. Oh, I should do the Irish thing. Should do the Irish exit at halftime. <laughs> and then, what, an hour drive back? Home at midnight? 
Well, okay, you, you live really far away, but... No, Bean Dip lives really far away from me. No respect. All right, we probably should have... the one who sucks. We, we probably um, should have looked this up. And so I'll ask you here, Fred, to kind of take over as I peruse this a little bit. But it was a simple Google about why isn't the Super Bowl on Saturday, and there's lots of info. Well, I imagine it's tradition. Tradition is from a mission. No, no, but why else would they so, do well, All right. Okay, it we, comes down to money. I know the answer. It, it always comes back to money. That's what it's all based on. So I, I don't know exactly how to explain the money part, but that's what... That's why it's on Sunday. I would have to believe that NFL, out of any company, would have done their market research to find mm-hmm. out when they can make the most money. And for some reason, that still lands on a Sunday. Unless it's a mental thing that since NFL plays on Sunday, Super Bowl has to be on Sunday. Even though they have Thursday and Saturday games, I understand, when they get in the playoffs. But it's that, it's that uh, normalized feeling. What? No. Of, of playing it's money. on a Sunday. It's money. Okay. You, so I, I was right in the first place. Yeah. You, you, you think that people would be more likely to tune in on Saturday, and the research shows otherwise. People wow. have other things to do on Saturday. People go out. Basically, here. To Super Bowl parties. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell answered that exact question this week. This is 2018. Uh, this week, during an interview... On the football experience. Basically, it comes down to one main thing, and that main thing is television ratings. Money. That idea has been around for a long time. People have talked about that, Goodell said, of moving the Super Bowl to a Saturday. The reason we haven't done it in the past is simply just from an audience standpoint. The audiences on Sunday night are so much larger. Fans want to have the best opportunity to be able to see the game. And we want to give them that. So Sunday night is a better night. People do things on Saturday. Is it because there's nothing else on TV Sunday night? Basically, yeah. Okay. You know, or or people don't have plans. They're home. You know. What about church? Out of out of <laughs> out of habit, though, right? <clears throat> Sunday you're home because you got to work on Monday, and it's kind of a low key day. Do your groceries. Do mm-hmm. your laundry. Watch some TV. Well, here's here's kids would be able to watch the game, Fred. You know, because kids every week. Because one of them, you know, it it harms their their youth audience. If they had it on Saturday, kids would stay up later. On Sunday, they got school in the morning. You know, Uh, (laughs) so yeah, there's 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 more about it, but uh, essentially, it comes down to television ratings. Well, yeah. Need an answer? Follow the money. All right, let's talk about food. Important things. Yeah. When you go to Super Bowl party, what do you look forward to the most from a food standpoint? Uh, basically, for me, I want a lot of snacks. You know, it doesn't need to be a meal. You just want to be able to graze endlessly in a nice variety of food. Uh if a Super Bowl party doesn't have wings, it's not a Super Bowl party, in my opinion. Wow. That's, wings are, to oh, me, wow. the, the mainstay. Um, now, 
uh, on a couple of lists here, there's some other ones that, that, that come in right near the top of wings. Um, um, I'm looking at one list here. Um, they have it in reverse order, but I don't want to hold people in suspense. <laughs> See, pizza always comes up big. Pizza? And I don't think that, I don't, when I think Super Bowl party, I don't think pizza. I don't either. You know what I think? My favorite thing about Super Bowl parties are dips. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that was number two is buffalo chicken dip. Yep. Well, not just buffalo chicken. I just Wait, like hold on. dips are my favorite. Buffalo thing. chicken dip was number two and spinach artichoke dip was number three. So you got two, two dips. Dip dip. Dip dip. <laughs> now on this list, which was uh the dailymeal.com, um chicken wings were number one, then the dip dips, then pizza. So I didn't, again. I don't think we've ever had pizza at any of our... No. No. There's another... I, I think that's coming from like a like a main dish thinking, whereas what we're talking about, we like a lot of finger foods, a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So here's some good stats. We don't for need you. pizza for that. You want to be able to snack for the four hours. That's what day. I mean. That, that pizza isn't a snack. Right. You know? Um, uh, from drovers.com, I don't know if they did the poll or the data. Uh, oh, from the National Chicken Council, 1.3 billion wings will be consumed. B. 1.3 billion wings will be consumed. 2 million pizzas will be consumed. Um, which really isn't a lot. Right? Two million? Because, okay, if you have... You, you have nationwide, right? You, you have, say, just for round numbers, 20% of households having a Super Bowl party. Yep. It's actually like 16. But say at 20%. So 20% of 100 million households, roughly. So you got 20 million households. Yeah, I guess so. So now you got two, 10% of those households... Ordering at least one pizza at one point in time. I guess that's that's pretty significant. What's the busiest night for pizzas? Oh, we, we'll have to get uh, Pop-Tarts, uh, Sun-Eye. It, it, it's different than what you might think. Halloween. Ha- Halloween's really big. Valentine's is really big. It's, it is Halloween. Yeah. Okay, here's one that we go. Here's one for Pottoms oh. Up. Three hundred and twenty-five point five million gallons of beer. Yeah, beer. Three hundred. That's a lot more than pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and this one goes back to the dip. Fifty-eight point four million avocados. <laughs> Fifty-eight really million now? avocados. Huh? Aren't they really expensive now? Uh, I don't know. Well, they almost got banned. From what? They're going to shut down the border. <laughs> it had to do with the wall. Yeah. I don't know. The one, the one that, that fell <laughs> over because of the wind. 10 million Did ribs. You see that? It's a light breeze. <laughs> $227 million worth of potato chips. There was um, something else about... I'm going to try and find it here. Um... About who liked to cook and who liked 
other people to bring their own food or something. You know? I would never cook. Uh, here we go. 59% of people would prefer to prepare all the food themselves and not cater in anything. Fragging of bullshit. <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? Yeah. Because some people like do a lot of prep work. You what? open your house to people, let them bring the food for the most part. I mean, you contribute, of course, but cooking for everyone, nah, that's 60%? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, now, this number, this goes contrary to what we were talking about. 61%. Prefer to have met to have pizza. I'm, I've never been to a Super Bowl party with now, pizza. Twenty three percent want wings, eight percent want guacamole, and eight percent want chili. Again, that to me is a Super Bowl fixture. Chili, chili and wings is my Super Bowl go to. Plus the dips. I'm with you, Fred. Forty seven percent will ask their guests to bring an appetizer to share. See, they, that's kind of the flip side of the 60% that just, just say they want to cook it themselves. Both those numbers seem a little off. You know, I, w- I would think it would be the other way around. I would think 40% are willing to do all the cooking themselves, and 60% are saying, pass the plate. Because hmm. that's the way we do always. You know, we do most things is pass the plate, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, spread the love. Your your host is always going to have enough that if somebody doesn't bring something, you know, people are not going to go hungry or be thirsty. Bean Dip always seems to want to cook something. Yeah, he does barbecue something. Yeah, he likes to do something. Well, this this year, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that, Fred. He put a shout out to several of us that he knows are attending. You probably didn't get this. (laughs) No. I'm not sure he knows my name. <laughs> you were in his house, though. What did you do? You know, it would be great if you just show up, and he knows who you are. Yeah. And he'd be like, hey, come on in. Good to see you again. He would totally invite me in and let me eat all his food. Probably give me a beer. He may never know your name. He never will say my name. <clears throat> I wonder. <laughs> or, or he would call you Cole. <laughs> okay, uh, but you said that that Bean Dip usually prepares something. He put a shout out uh, to us. Uh, this was different, and and he has not taken this route before Uh-oh. on his Super Bowl parties. And you know we're not even allowed to say Super Bowl. It's a trademark name. Yeah. That's the oh. big, the, yeah, we're supposed to be the paying. Big game. Yeah, the big game, whatever. Nonsense. Bunghole bull. How do you like that? <laughs> I don't. You bastards. <laughs> Fuck you. Corporate America. Corporate America. So anyway, let me get to this so we can wrap this up. He put a shout out saying, what foods are distinctly San Francisco and Kansas City? Mm. So a lot of people, I think, do that, right? And then you have the, the, the political bets. But in this case, he was actively seeking out, maybe we should do foods that are commiserate with the, uh, with the teams. And uh, I thought that made sense. I don't know that we are actually going to do that, you know. 
like seafood chowder is is a big San Francisco thing, and you know Kansas City's known for its ribs and whatnot. But ribs, I'd be a pain in the ass. <laughs> but you'd eat your flesh. He would do it. He would do yeah. it though. And I kind of like that idea, you know, building your Super Bowl food theme around the teams. So if the Lions ever went to the Super Bowl, Coney's baby, Coney's Coney sliders. sliders, yeah, Detroit style pizza and that water beer. Oh no, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> no, we're we're good with it. Oh well, you're right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Not Founders. That Waters. Give it the program. All right. Okay. Well, Nobs, you did find yourself some more beer there. This was a nice little snack party. Yeah, we should do this more often. All right. Only when the Super Bowl comes around. All right. Well, yes. Sometime right. next year. Well, wait, wait, wait. Oh, one last thing. Who's gonna win? Mm. I'm going San Francisco. Patriots. Because <laughs> they cheat. Somehow they're going to be yeah. there. You're going to, they're going to come running out of the tunnel. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's San Francisco versus Kansas City. And Brady will come running up and they'll say, absolutely. There's a third team on the field. Here's a seat for Giselle. <laughs> Who am I picking? San Francisco because I hate that guy who plays quarterback for Casey. What's wrong with homies? That's why I hate him. Thank you. All right, here we are. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Oh, hey, fly on the beers. Uh. <laughs> First one was for Dead me. Silence. This one, not so much. It's a math for me. Not for me on the first one. Um, this one's grown on me. As you had two. <laughs> I'm gonna go math. I, I, I can't decide. I just can't decide. So I gotta go math. I think it's a l- very low for me. No, that's what it is, though. Yeah. Okay. People have to listen to get the details. Yeah. All right. Happy Super Bowl weekend, everybody. Have a great uh, trip there, Fred. Yeah. You guys are on your own next week. If we are. You are. I think you should be. Yeah. We'll get maybe. Beaned, we'll get beaned up on. Bean. Get beaned up on. <laughs> we'll quiz him on your name. <laughs> Bean dip. Look, focus. What is his name? This is Bubba. <laughs> Out. Out. Politics. Some culture and craft beer. Politics. And that is why you're here. Politics. I don't. Look.